4: Welcome to the Tudor Dixon podcast. Here at the podcast, we are all grateful every single day to our veterans and our service members. And today we want to talk about an organization that works with our veterans and wounded warriors who are having trouble coming back home and leaving the war behind. I had the pleasure of meeting my guest today, this past weekend, and I know you're going to love his passion for healing our veterans. I think oftentimes we wonder how we can show how thankful we are. I know a lot of times we will stop folks and say, hey, we're really grateful for your sacrifice. We're really grateful for your service. But this organization we're going to talk to today, they're doing such great work toward healing and helping these folks. So I think this is an opportunity for us to kind of spread the word that there is something that can be done. We oftentimes complain about government not doing enough for our veterans and What I heard this past weekend is just such an amazing organization that I think can do something better than government's ever done. So I'm excited about talking about this. We're going to get into all of that, but really quickly first, I want to talk to you about your health because, you know, I always say you can't put a price on your health and I stay energized and keep doing what I love every day because I get the maximum servings and nutrition of fruits and vegetables. I rely on Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule to give me the maximum nutrition of 31 whole fruits and veggies every day. Balance of Nature is giving all of our listeners 35% off any first preferred order, plus free shipping with the promo code TUTOR. Just go to balanceofnature.com and enter promo code TUTOR to get started today. Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule are powdered after an advanced vacuum cold process, keeping the maximum nutrition intact. Put your health first the easy way with Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule. Get 35% off your first preferred order shipped to you free with promo code Tutor at balanceofnature.com. I feel confident about my health because of Balance of Nature. Check out all the testimonials from people just like you on their website to see how Balance of Nature is making a difference in their lives. Go now to balanceofnature.com and get 35% off your first preferred order shipped free with promo code Tutor. All right. Now I want to welcome in Johnny Walker to the podcast. He is retired from the U.S. Army and now serves as a, as a board member at Special Operations Wounded Warrior, also known as SAW, and the Senior Advisor and Director for Special Mission Solutions at Republic Mission Systems. Thank you so much for being on.
3: Thank you so much, ma'am. I appreciate it.
4: I heard what you guys were talking about this weekend, and we had a chance to talk a little bit too. It really struck me because I had just spoken to someone a few weeks ago, and I told you this story about a gentleman who came home and he's been really struggling. And this was kind of what you described to me, that you come home and you've been sent off on a mission and your mission is war. And it's really hard to turn that off. And I think for those of us who have never served, I've never heard it put the way that you talked about it. And I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about that to our audience who has a heart for service and has a heart for for helping our service members, but don't really understand that experience.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, you know, when you initially join the military, whether it's any branch of service, you're really not trained uh, to really deal with any of that. So the military really just takes you from a person from the street and they give you the tools to be able to make decisions and so on and so forth in your military career. So when you leave, so like my my experience, you know, I, I was not a, a troubled youth. I didn't get in trouble or didn't have any problems or anything. I just, I needed a different direction. So when I joined the military, I really didn't, you know, get up and make my bed in the morning and, and do the things that, you know, you would do now. But in the military, they teach you that. So they teach you all these things and they structure your life of how you're able to put things in perspective of how you make sure that you do everything you need to do. And it's kind of a like driving a car. It is muscle memory. So after years of doing all that, and they train you, like I said, we mentioned yesterday, you see all the movies of Drill sergeants or whatever, talking about kill, 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 blood makes the grass grow. Well, you prepare a soldier for doing that, whether it's a male or female, you teach them to do that. And then there's really no way to re-engage back in society when you go off to war. So those issues you can't fix. Um, you have to find someone that can fix those. Where do you go to get that that direction and that purpose? You don't know those questions. So I used the term yesterday. You know, being scared. Most guys in my career field, they don't want to use the word scared, but they mm-hmm. are. So you have to face facts and say that I'm scared to figure out how I can reenter society after doing everything I did for going to war uh, and doing those things. So the young men and women, they get trained to do this, but they don't. You don't know how to deescalate that training to be able to fit back into society uh, because war is a very horrible place to be. Uh, you oh, see and, when, hit- and we
4: talked, you were really specific about we go out there and the human mind is not meant to kill another human. And yet right. we know we have to do it to survive. And you relive that, that all the time. Like that's in your head. So how do you, how do you come away from that? And I, and oftentimes like I think about, The story in World War Two, where the guys all decided on Chris play a a football game or a soccer game on the essentially the battlefield together, and then the next day to go back out and have to kill those same men that you just played a game against. I think people think, well, war is war, but you are looking at the other person and you know that's a human. So, what is that? What is that like to try to let that go?
3: Uh, Well, you never do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's like having a, for instance, you know, if you're in a car ac- accident or whatever, and you're severely is- injured from that car accident, you never forget that accident. I mean, it stays with you forever. I guess that's where they come up with the, you know, the post traumatic issues that you face. But, you know, you, you, you put, you know, you kind of maximize that and, and make it twice as bad. So you look at most of the people that join the military are anywhere from 19 to 25 years old. So what 19 and 25 year old makes good decisions anyway, we we <sighs> talk about that. We always have kids, um, they make decisions based on what they want, not what they need. But now you put a gun in someone's hand and he goes and does that, those type of actions. And then that's another thing that gets added to his plate. So what 21 year old kid who goes out and just, you know, does his job and maybe kills five or six people in one mission and he comes back and how do you, how does he deal? How does he deal with that? And those answers are probably he doesn't. So that's why you see, you know, the suicide rate of 22 veterans per day. And you see guys that have, you know, drinking and alcohol problems, drug problems, so on and so forth, because they try to hide the the feelings and emotions. And so that's what Sal does is they see those, they recognize those things by clinicians or word of mouth. Like Matt and I were talking yesterday, you know, a, a buddy of mine that I've known for 25 years you know, had no idea he was struggling until I get a phone call that he's going to kill himself. So Mm -hmm. I have to be able to figure out how to help that guy and figure out what his problems are, because they're probably generally aligned with mine, and then go, hey, it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have emotions. It's not okay to mask them and then take it to the next step and, you know, get drunk all the time or end up killing yourself because all you're doing now is you're adding other problems to other people's plates and that doesn't fix the problem either it just masks it and makes it worse
4: but you made this point that when you come home you've you've really been programmed by the military to go out and kill the enemy right that that's your your mission is to be very organized and and get the mission accomplished, but when yes, you she- come home, it's hard to deprogram those thoughts and come back to that that place where you feel emotions. And so, even though you may have this feeling of like I'm very sad, this is very I, I'm very hurt, I don't know how to explain that I'm sad and I'm scared. You don't necessarily know how to explain it because that really hasn't been shut off. Those emotions haven't been turned back on. So how do you, how do you do that, that part of the work at Sal?
3: Um, And I want to put it in this, like I watched, a, I listened to a, a NASCAR driver talk about why it's why he doesn't drive on the highway, you know? So you just go on a NASCAR and you're doing 200 miles on a racetrack. You can't just leave the racetrack, get in your car and go home because you're going to go back to those speeds to do that it's just very it's very mind-numbing for you to try to even do that so that's why you see every once in a while you will see like kyle bush got arrested in charlotte one time for doing like 150 on a highway he's programmed to do that um but but it's just it's muscle memory like i said it's very difficult to shut it off and what happens is is that you come back and, like i said yesterday if you're married or have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or you have children or whatever you you've removed yourself from those guys and your family to go hang with your guys that go out and do missions. You're with those people 24, 7, 365 days a year. And then you remove that element and you come back to your house and now you feel like a stranger. And so I I found myself, okay, when, when are we going back over? You know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling kind of like i I'm bored, you know, even though I had friends and I could go do things and I had hobbies and I would look, you know, mess around with my old car or whatever. But you really felt like you were missing portions of your life because you're not back over deploying again with your guys. And that was the missing link for a lot of folks. And so those are also, like I said, the resiliency things, the faith, the family, the friends, the finances, and your and your um, ability to have a friend's network that works. Um, a friend is going to tell you, hey, John, I watched yesterday, you know, we partied on the boat and you passed out. Man, we don't need to do that anymore. Those are the friends you need versus the guys that are really your acquaintances that just keep feeding the animal and feeding the fire. And so what we do at Sal is we try to do that. And and it, it's very quiet with how we do it. So, you know, the guys will come out like our signature vendors are taking and bacon. And you guys will come out. They're very reluctant to be there because we don't feel like we earned anything. We don't feel like we need to be given something. Um, most of the people that you met yesterday when we were talking – they don't want to take anything from anybody. They want to get back to someone. So when they're sitting around these fire pits and they're having these discussions and one of the buddies will bring up, Hey, you know, I, I, I thought about this as well. And it's, Oh my gosh, I, I didn't know that. I thought about that too. Um, It's like the friend that you shared. Uh, that's why I want to talk to him is because for him to say, the only reason I haven't committed suicide is because of my children. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to get a touch with that guy. I got to talk to him. I got to find out where he is in his mindset and I got to fix that. I got to erase those thoughts. You don't erase them. You just put them somewhere. Like I said, yesterday, you never fix it. You just have to go through it and and get through that hard pain and that, and the hard right versus the easy wrong, which we always, you know, we relate to, but you got to get to that guy and say, Hey, listen, it does matter. Your kids need you. They're going to be parents one day. They're going to graduate from college. They're going to, you know, go to proms. And you need to be present for that. So you can say, what a great dress or what a great tux. And those are the things that that guy Mm -hmm. needs to get help with.
4: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court, and what's next. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer, Dan Patrick, and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
4: And we think about this from a civilian perspective. And when you go through a tragedy, that tragedy is still within the life that you've lived every day. And so there are still memories and there are still familiarities with everything that you see before and after tragedy. But you are out in the battlefield and suddenly you're thrust back into a home that you are not really, you're coming back, you weren't a part of for so long, and it doesn't feel familiar, and and you're used to a team that always has your back and is around you, and now you're alone almost, and so I think this is something that a lot of us don't think about if we haven't been off to war and come back, but I find it interesting because I think that that slowing down, that instant slowing down is so is it's like we can't really we can't really understand that because our world is always pretty similar what happens when a a service member a man or a woman is out there gets wounded is expecting to continue in the battlefield is you know the mission's not over but they get sent home how hard is that for those folks
3: Oh, it is because you feel like you just you've let your friends down. You've let your teammates down because either you got shot or or, or whatever. And then you add in the the piece that I mentioned to you yesterday. So you get blown up in an accident and, and your soldiers pass away. I mean, that that's that's a horrible thing that you have to deal with every day because, again, it's like a traffic accident. You know, uh, you're in a car and you're like you ask yourself, why? Why, why did he go and I didn't? I don't mm-hmm. understand. Why is that? Why am I still here? And why is he not? So there's all these guilts that come with you um, because that's just the human nature of just life. You know, you always want to make sure you take care of the guys to your right and left, period. Whether you like them personally or not, they're out on a mission with you. And I used to tell my guys, you know, hey, when I'm doing my convoy brief or whatever, once I put my helmet on and I get in the vehicle, I want everything to leave your mind. I don't care about your girlfriend, your wife, your family or whatever. I need you to be focused on the mission because if you don't, Then you put your mind someplace else. Then you make mistakes or mistakes can happen, which can result in people getting injured or killed. And those are the things you try to prevent when you do go out on missions. But you don't want that 19 to 20 year old kid to make a mistake because he's mad at his girlfriend because he's argued on the phone and then he forgets what his job's supposed to really be. And then that's when other things happen. So there's just all these stressors that a lot of people just don't even see or hear and that's what I mentioned yesterday to you about being scared. You don't want to say that I don't know. Hey, first, Sarna, I don't know uh, what you just said. They don't want to say that because mm-hmm. they figure that you're going to be embarrassed or you're going to get yelled at or whatever. And it's, I wanted all of my guys to understand when we left the wire, I want to bring you back. That's my only job. My job is not to be their friend outside the wire. It's not to, you know, do the politically correctness and try to win the hearts and minds. My job is taking care of the soldiers that were assigned to me to make sure that I get them back home. And if I didn't do that, then I failed my own mission. And that's another stressor. So that's where you see a lot of the problems with most all veterans from Vietnam to all the, the wars we have. They feel guilty. I mean, I if you watch Band of Brothers, the, the last series where most of these veterans are talking, and they brought up what you just said about the football game, which is crazy. But Shifty Powers made a comment. I got a chance to meet him when we were in Iraq. Um, He said, we would probably been really good friends. That guy might have liked to fish. He might have liked to hunt. He might have liked to do some of the similar things I had to do. But I had a job to do, and I did my job. And he had a job to do as well. And so how just so elementary to break it down to that, just that piece of those phrases. But then, you know, whoever came up with the war is hell comment really nailed it. Because men and fe- men and women soldiers, they go through all kinds of traumas. Um, so going back to your point, when you do come back home, your wife or your spouse or your children, they're affected by not only you being there, missing birthdays, missing Christmases, and so on and so forth. But how do they relate to you after knowing what they've heard or seen from the friends and family readiness groups and so on and so forth about? Yeah, we heard that, you know, four guys got wounded and two guys got killed. You know, how do I talk to my dad about, hey, you know, your best friend got killed? How do I bring that up? And the answer is they don't. So they suffer as well because they don't know how to to respond to the spouse or the soldier that's coming back. How do you have a conversation with your mom or dad about the traumas that you went through? I can Um,
4: remember as a kid, um, you know, our parents my generation, our parents went to Vietnam and my girlfriend would talk, her dad was a Vietnam vet, never talked about it. Never. She never heard anything. And, you know, we were middle schoolers and I remember her telling me, I don't know what happened to my dad, but he wakes up with these terrible nightmares and my mom has to calm him down and he doesn't know that she's his wife. He thinks she's someone bad. And as a kid, I didn't, I had no idea what that meant. You know, I was like, why would that happen? Because you're a child, you don't know. And so you think about those families that had, I think the dynamic, you know, I imagine he was proud, but also probably st- had a lot of guilt too. Didn't right. want to tell them what happened over there. Didn't want to burden them with that, you know? And that generation was came back to people that were horrible to them, right? And so I think about growing up with, a a wall between you and your dad or you and a parent. There's that wall there that you can't break through. And it sounds like what you're doing is breaking that wall down.
3: We are. And and like I said, what we try to do, we have so many people that really want to help, but they just need to figure out how they help. You know, Um, you hear all the time, thank you for your service. You Mm -hmm. know, Hey, thank you for this or whatever. Um, And I truly appreciate that. And like I said yesterday, when several folks, when we were in the speeches talking, you know, you look at the the media and the political thing that we mentioned yesterday. I don't really follow any of that. I, I believe that the the basic base American citizen loves the military. They love what we have. They love the freedoms that we have, and those are not going to go away. Um, I don't. You know, what happened with January sixth and on all this other stuff is just an unfortunate thing, and you know, all the riots and all the stuff that goes with it. But that's just noise. The real people, like yourself that are getting the message out, telling people that, hey, you do have hope, you do have a a reason to be here. Oh, by the way, it's Christmas, it's Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for doing what you do. And it does matter. You know, um, yesterday- I think it
4: matters because I think that when we don't know what the organizations are out there that are helping, we assume that the government should help. And I think that, and that's something that I talked about over the weekend too, is that I think that especially conservatives have never been so adamant that the government is someone needs to go in and fix this. You know, I need a I need a government official to make this right. And I don't even know that people hear themselves saying it. It's like we've got to get a better speaker, the one that's going to fix this. You know, we've got to have somebody in government fix this. We've never said we want government to come and fix this before. And your organization, who could be better than guys, when men and women who've gone through this to help other people come out of this and understand really what's going on. And, and, you know, I've heard stories of people going to the VA and they're like, I went to the VA and this guy has never served. He didn't know how to talk to me about what I'm going through. It was a a joke. And we've always said, the private sector does things better. I mean, I will talk to people out there who will say, man, the private sector does school better. The private sector does business better. Like the the social security is a mess because it's part of government. Why are we asking government to fix this when we can fix this? And we've also always been of the mindset of we take care of our own, whether it's the church, whether it's community, but this is an opportunity to invest in our veterans who so desperately need someone to come around them and say, we are so grateful. And for all of you out there that want to, at Christmas time, say, Hey, this is the time where I want to say, I am so grateful to you. These are the ways to do it. Look into these organizations that can help folks really bring them back from a place and, and save families. I mean, it's not just, I think that's the important thing to remember. This is not just the man or woman who served. This is all of the people around. One person affects hundreds.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was yesterday. Is why I, I usually, when I talk to folks, I ask the audience, you know, how many people are either been in the military or family members served? And so 60% of the audience raise your hands. So, but again, it goes back to my son left. You see gold star parents all the time. Well, that one person that passes away or commits suicide, it affects the f- entire family structure. Mm-hmm. It's not just... Hey, my wife, you know, I left my wife, I left my children. You're affecting friends, family, and everything. So that's why we talked about the resiliency, the five F's, you know, fitness. How are you doing with your health? You know, I I do that too. I take that every day. You, you, You have to make sure that your finances are good. So if you upset one of those F's, whether it's faith, family, friends, or fitness, or financial freedom, you have problems. Those are the stressors that come up on board. And so where sal really does a good job with really good organizations like task force dagger you know warriors heart you know most some of these guys that do the marine corps thing all these organizations are intertwined so my job is to make sure we all talk mm. right um so we just did this operator reset week uh, at indian rocks beach and we had a marine and he's from california and he was just like totally you know, no, I can't get anything done. No one's going to help me do anything. So I go to the VA here at Bay Pines, one of my old former Rangers. Uh, Dustin is a care coalition for the VA. Well, he runs that whole thing for Tampa, but he's also connected to all 50 states. So I gave that guy his card and he already connected him with the right person in California to get him help. So Waving through the system of bureau, I don't even I don't even call it bureaucracy or or bureaucrat stuff. It's it's a game. It's a system, and if you don't know the right person in that system, you can't get ahead in life at all. So filling out paper X and oh, you forgot to fill out paper Y. Okay, well let's make it user friendly for everyone, and that's what we try to do. So I have an advocate. User- I mean,
4: that's what we need in so many areas. I mean. Oh- Most people don't do their own taxes. You have somebody to help you. It's like you have to have an advocate in a lot of different areas. Why wouldn't you need an advocate here?
3: That's it. And subject matter experts within their career fields, whether it be mental health, whether it be, you know, physical help, whether it be alcohol, drug counseling or whatever. I don't know enough about it, but I know who I can call to get that Mm -hmm. help for that other person so they can tell those triggers. Like I said yesterday, when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you don't identify that you have a problem, you're the problem. You have to identify that you have issues. It's like doing your short-term and your long-term goals. If you put that on a wall and you don't follow it, you're just wasting time. So what we try to do is we try to reprogram those soldiers that come back to say, it's okay to cry. It's okay to have emotion. It's okay to ask for help. If you ask for help, what help do you really need? Or are you just putting a Band-Aid on a sucking chest wound is what the military was saying. So you have to fix the problem. And then once you fix the problem, how do I continually keep that glide path going? So I, my mental health and my fitness is in shape from my, not only myself, but my family. So if you identify me and you say, Hey, John, I've known you for five years. And hey, I just want to say I, I'm starting to see a pattern of stuff that has to be resonated with that person. And they got to go, Oh, wow. Yeah. I've, I've known tutor. She's told me that I need to do this. Well, you probably have to put some weight behind that. Because it's not just someone telling you something. They're trying to help you keep your health and well-being back. And mm. so what Sal does is we do fishing events. We do, uh, like I said yesterday, we just started a female-only operator reset week, which is What just,
4: happens at the operator reset week?
3: Um, what really funny is these guys are so nervous. They don't want to talk to anybody. Same thing with the ladies that come. And then by day two, they're opening up. They're Mm -hmm. meeting people and they're like, okay, I didn't know that that guy had a problem. Oh, I knew that guy. I knew her. Yeah. So so every part of a team, like I mentioned yesterday, team construct is like, I never did anything by myself. I always had help. I own everything. In the military, you do nothing by yourself. They say that you do your PT test, you know, you run or whatever. No, you got somebody helping you. Somebody's going to clock your time. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to count your pushups. Somebody's going to hold your feet for your sit-ups. But you're going to have some sort of assistance with everything you do in the military. So that's why I made the comment yesterday. Nothing is done individually in the military unless you're an individual and that's your intent. And you want your 15 minutes of fame. No, we have men and women that don't ask for 15 minutes of fame. They just go do what they're asked to do and they complete their mission. And then they shake hands and they go back and do their normal life.
4: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
4: You know, the point here is that if you see someone that's constantly trying to be out there on TV and like, we did, I did this, I did this. This is a group effort. And the idea is to bring people together. No one's trying to get famous off of this. This is about continuing service and service looks all different at different times of life, right? Service may be serving overseas service, may be bringing folks back and taking care of them. And you have a canine program too, right?
3: Yes, ma'am. So Baden K nine is run by Josh Perry and those guys identify folks. We actually gave one to Lawrence Jones. Got a chance to meet Lawrence last year at the at the at the at the hog hunt. And and just to watch Lawrence himself change when he had his dog and mm-hmm. how he was reacting to the folks. So again, you see personalities like yourself and you come out, they just want to fit in. They want to be part of that, that normal conversation. And so I had really good conversations with Lawrence about just in general about what we do. And so Lawrence took it upon himself to pull some of the hunters away. We had Medal of Honor Leroy Petrie out there and pull some of our guys to do a fireside chat. And then they televised their own Fox about what the meaning of, and Leroy made a great point. He's like, I didn't want to come. You know, I was very reluctant to come. But once I got here, I didn't feel like I was worthy. And then after I went out the first day, I'm really glad I did come. So oh, something that's changed, so awesome in that thought process. And so that's where we get, I get my self-worth. I they, is that paid it.
4: for though, for them to go out there? Like, how do they, how do they do it? Because I could see how some people say, this is overwhelming. How do I even do this?
3: Yeah, we have sponsors. We get people that donate to our SAL organization, org, and they just donate to funds. We have specific groups, like somebody will donate money to the Operator Reset Week, or maybe they'll uh, donate money to our Taken Bacon, or just they just donate money generally to do that. So when we have had the opportunity to go to mar lago really crazy, um, you know, reach out to some folks, some guys at Glock, Taylor, a, a good buddy of mine, made some specialized pistols that had our logo on one side and task force daggers on the other. And all these people were donating money, military metal art, which i have seen, probably seen on LinkedIn, they make these amazing signs um, out of liquid metal. And they're colored and do this. So they made one for the Sal logo. They made one for Leroy Petrie for the Medal of Honor. And we auctioned all those off. And all that money comes back to us. So, you know, with most organizations like myself, we don't pay anybody. It's all volunteer basis. Everybody on our board is all volunteer. We have legal. Um, we have a uh, lady that does all our admin. It's just all volunteered time. Mm. And so those are the things that you people take for granted for as well. They forget that, oh, wow. And uh, John's not making any money off of this. You know, Dottie, our administrative lady, she doesn't make any money off. She just does it because she knows she needs to help folks. So
4: really, I, can... I, I want people to think about this. The goal here is we hear all the time that there are 22 veteran suicides a day. And the goal here is to make 22 zero. That's right. and that And that is what all of these people, I think that is just so amazing. All these people volunteering, putting their time in to do this. And really, that takes help. And so, when you're looking at your end of year giving, honestly, look at this organization. So tell people where they can go and look at this. Because, honest, I believe that the people who listen to my podcast are very like minded, and this is the type of this is the type of opportunity we want to take and we want to run with. Because just like we've talked about making, uh, I, I mentioned over the weekend, I've been talking a lot about you know making that abortion number lower doesn't have to be a law it doesn't have to be government doing it that's something that we can do as people same thing here get together look at the organizations that are really making progress and you guys are i mean that's the beauty of this you can look and you can see results you can see that this is actually helping people and how can how can you not feel great about that i mean honestly i think that's the thing when people are looking to put their money someplace and say, okay, I want to make an impact here. They want to see that there's results and you already have results. So tell us where exactly they can go.
3: So they can go to the Special Operations Wounded Warrior Organization. Our headquarters is out of Tabor City, North Carolina, which is really adjacent to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's where we do a lot of our things. Um, But they can go to that website and that webpage and you'll see a donate there and they can read up on the history. We've been around for 14 years. It was really started by a fireside. You know, some civilians and talking to some military guys and they're like, hey, we need to really give back. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how it started. And then it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger as the years go on. And so just like any other organization, you know, you want to get back more than you ever took from something. You know, as a business owner, I mentioned yesterday, your mission statement to be a successful business owner. If you don't follow that, you're not going to be successful. So our business model is to if I can save one person like we talked about yesterday, your friend. If I can call him on the phone and talk to him and say, hey, it does matter. Your life matters. You matter to your family. If I can fix that one person, then now his job is to go pay it forward, Mm -hmm. find somebody else that he can talk to and say, hey, I just talked to this guy that I don't even know. Never met him before. He called me on the phone out of the blue. And he told me that I can make a difference by not doing certain things to end my life. And so. Those are the impactful things that you do, and your whole audience can do that. They know if somebody's struggling. I mean, I'll give you my cell phone number. You can call me anytime you want because I have a passion for that. Why? Because I almost did it. And if I had not have had friends like Sergeant Major Rick Merritt that I'll introduce you to that called me and let me know it's okay, John, to struggle, and it's okay Mm -hmm. to be scared. It's not okay to, to mask it and hide and then try to figure it out yourself because you can't. You have to have help. In everything that you do in your life, you have to have some sort of an assistance process.
4: Mm, I love that. It's it's so hard to be vulnerable, but it's so important that people are and they let people in. And you've done great work. Johnny Walker, thank you so much for being on today.
3: Yes, ma'am. I appreciate it. You guys have a Merry Christmas and safe travels.
4: Oh, thank you. You too. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. Go to tutordixonpodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. Generator now you'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to four patriots.com slash tutor.